Well, Senators Dole, Kassebaum, thank you for being with us today and welcome back to both of you to the Dole Institute. Our so, pleasure. Yeah, it's great to have you. <laughs> Do we have everybody's mic on? Everybody good? Yeah, out there, they all got mics? Yes. <laughs> okay, Senator Kassebaum, say something. Hello. Okay, very good. Let's start, Senator Kassebaum, with a question for you. Could you tell us, you came up in a very famous political family. Could you tell us about your upbringing, your education, and how, what led you to a career in public service? Well, I never dreamed I would be running for the United States Senators to start with, or running for office. I grew up uh, in Topeka and spent a lot of time uh, hiking over to the Kaw River. At those, that period of time when I was growing up, everybody feared polio. And my parents believed it didn't, wasn't a good idea to swim in chlorinated water. It was all right to swim in the Kaw River. <laughs> So that's in and walking the railroad tracks. No, I, I had a good time campaigning. In those days, you could tack up posters everywhere. You know, Bob, now you can't do that. Uh, but that was great fun, going around tacking up campaign posters everywhere for other candidates when I was growing up. I'll just tell you one thing I remember at the Wilkie, uh, Wilkie Roosevelt in 1940. My neighbor, and I thought it would be great if we'd string dandelions together. We didn't have very many neighbors. Uh, and, and put it across the road and we'd yell, Wilkie or Roosevelt? And that way we could decide how the election would come out. I, I was eight years old. Bob, that's my beginning. <laughs> well, now it's either uh, Trump or, what's the other one, Clinton. Did you say Trump? Bump, Trump. Yeah. Oh, I know what you said. <laughs> well, Senator, tell us about that first, uh, that first Senate race you had in 1978. Well, there were a lot of Republicans in the primary, I think seven of us all told. Yeah. And uh, I was very fortunate to uh, have gone to KU where I could call on people that I knew in a county. I got in late. Uh, but if they were helping someone else, they would suggest maybe someone else I could see that might want to help with the campaign. And I also had four children at Kansas State, so I was able to use <laughs> both schools <and laughs> as helpers in the campaign. In those days, Bob, it was the same as with you. You know, great volunteers. I could not have won without volunteers who day after day volunteered time. Mm -hmm. So it was enjoyable. It was, a, you know, it was a close race, but um, that's how I won with good volunteers who really uh, helped all the time. You won because you deserved it. <laughs> well, Bob, you paved the way. <laughs> well, Senator Dole, um, what did what what were your feelings when Senator Kassebaum was elected and you knew she was going to be one of your colleagues in the Senate? I was very happy. You know, we had a great relationship. Uh, we were proud to be traditional Kansas Republican conservatives, which means we understood to get things done. You have D's and you have R's. 
but Nancy and I also had friends <laughs> on both sides. And, and you develop a trust when you get to know someone, regardless of party. Uh, and when you trust each other, uh, you can talk to each other about how can we work this out, how can we settle this so we can pass this bill. And Nancy did a better job of that than I did, but uh, I learned a lot from her, and I learned a lot from Howard Baker. He was my mentor. Uh, he was, well, we majority in 1981. Reagan swept us into the majority in the Senate and the House, and Russell Long from Louisiana had been chairman of the Finance Committee for 17 years. And suddenly I became chairman of the Finance Committee. And I remember once they called the roll, and he, they always say you're the last one, Mr. Chairman. And he said, Mr. Chairman, and Russell Long voted. <laughs> <laughs> So I thought I was the chairman, but Russell <laughs> had this, he was a wonderful guy too. And the, I don't know, he had the right attitude. He knew we were sent there to do a job, not to call each other names or all that. And I want to thank the chancellor and the provost for all the help they've given the Dole Institute which I think is an asset to KU. And yeah. Very good. Um, Senator Kassebaum, you were one of the first women elected to the Senate in your own right. Can you talk a little bit about, and, and you also were the first to chair a major committee. Could you talk a little bit about the challenges that you faced as a woman going into the Senate with having only had, I think, one trailblazer, and kind of how that might be different than challenges that women in public service face today? Well, I think there are different challenges for both men and women, as Bob touched on, but uh, I always said I was elected to be a senator, not just a, a senator for women. I thought it was important to be able to show that we are all there addressing many ways the same issue. And if I spent a lot of time worrying about whether I was being taken seriously, I would be wasting a lot of my time. And so you could worry. Uh, there's a Senate, uh, strictly Senate dining room. There is a Senate dining room and then there is only a Senate dining room. And there is the Republican table and there's the Democrat table. I must have been there oh, half a year before I went through that door. I, maybe you took me, Bob. I, it wasn't that I was afraid to go, I just wasn't sure I wanted to bother. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't tell me dirty jokes, you know. <laughs> Alan Simpson, Senator Simpson, said he had to clear his jokes through his wife before he could tell me a joke. So I think, I think I'd have to say, Bill, that um, the, tr the problems now are different, but they're significant. And for both of us, the worry is that people aren't willing to work across the aisle. 
and you're, you don't spend the time as your committee chairman, and a lot of strength lies in those committee chairmen. I mean, as finance chairman, you had a tremendous power there. Uh, but you always worked with the whole committee, and it was the chairman who, who really exercised that initiative that I think today but uh, when I chaired what now is called the HELP Committee, which I think is a silly name, don't you? But um, it was the labor, and it's the old labor committee, and uh, handles health issues. But Ted Kennedy was either major or minor leader, uh, and uh, we worked back and forth together, and I had some people say, well, how could you work with Ted Kennedy? Well. You can. You can when you care about the issues, and he did health care. So it isn't easy. But I think today what really is the concern is that people don't have trust or respect, and even respect for those who might disagree with you all the time. There has to be something that you feel is important in that respect. And I, we're really lacking it today. And I think that's why so many people say, oh, I just am so tired of all this yelling and shouting, and um, we just may not vote. Mm -hmm. And that's unfortunate, too. That's very unfortunate. That's a longer answer than you wanted. But uh, it leads me to what I think is a real issue today, and maybe trying to understand why there is such discontent in the public, uh, why people feel they no one's paying any attention, nothing's getting done. But I can tell you when Bob was leader, and I worked under, we worked 18 years, we were in the Senate 18 years together, but Bob was leader for six of those years. Ten. No, when I was. Oh, so excuse me, yeah, well, I thought on. I was leader even after I left. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you that you took over in 1984 and I didn't leave till 96 that's right, that's right. you still were yeah uh, and then Howard was leader uh, for four years when I was here but I saw you both really work with your committee chairman and you made sure as you pointed out with Russell Long that you were working together and I think that's that's what we need to instill again well, to kind of follow up, I'd like to ask both of you, and I'd like to start with you, Senator Kessebaum, name a couple or three leaders that you worked with that you really admire. Well, Bob. <laughs> no, and that's true. Uh, you mean uh, in this? Howard. And Howard. Yes, of course, and Howard. <laughs> Howard. Howard, however, after I married him, I said I was not ever going to call him leader again. <laughs> but um, he also had a rule that I couldn't believe and I might share with you because I grew up. We always talked at the dinner table about uh, public affairs and what was going on. Dad loved to talk about the local gossip and the state affairs as well as national. And, and, of course, it was he who did most of the talking. But we all sat around the table and we exchanged. So uh, Howard came to visit with the family uh, in 1996, right at the time of the Democrat convention. And so we were all arguing about that. And, uh, and pretty soon some one of the boys said, so Howard, what do you think about the, uh, the convention? 
He said, oh, you know, it's my rule we don't talk politics or religion at the dinner table. <laughs> and I said, well, what do you talk about? <laughs> so, but, I, but name two. And um, I really, I, I have to say, I think you, I worked with a lot of colleagues, some I agreed with and some I didn't. But I admired, well, I think we all had a, a fairly congenial time at that oh, period yeah, of time. Mitchell and Farmville. Yeah. Trent Lott followed you, didn't he, after you stepped down to, in 96? Wasn't that who followed you? Trent Lott? Yeah, I Who thought was? I was going to be president. But well, I know. We, <laughs> we all did. <laughs> we all did. Well, it's too late for a recount. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, you know, I, I tell you who I missed and, and disagreed with some was President Reagan. You know, you could do that. And I've been in the room with him when he was trying to talk about something that we didn't agree with on and but you he always managed to find some way to end the conversation in an upbeat That's way right. and i really miss that today i i really miss that sense of energy of enthusiasm and hope that things can be worked through and certainly you who are leaders here at the university have to know that isn't easy and it takes a time of patience and dedication that I don't think many are willing to give in Congress today, Bob. I really don't. And I, I'm very disappointed to tell you the truth in the Congress. Senator Dole. It's easy to say now that I'm not there. <laughs> Senator Dole, could you mention a couple of, uh, a couple of leaders that you really admire? Me. <laughs> <laughs> No, Howard Baker, as I said earlier, I learned a lot from Howard because of the way he dealt with people. You know, you got to have, you need friends. I don't care what private, public, whatever you do, if you're not surrounded by friends, you, you don't get as far as you'd like to go. And, you know, I think when Nancy and I were there, we had as many Democratic friends as Republican mm -hmm. friends. And I'd go over on the Democratic side and sit down with one of the Democrats, and we wouldn't talk politics. We'd talk about wherever they were from and wherever I was from and our families. And, and I don't think that's totally gone. I think there have been 40 bills at least in the Senate passed were bipartisan. So I think it's starting to come back a little, not as much as it should, but I think there is a recognition. At least it's been my experience in 36 years in Congress. Some said that was too long, and others thought I should run again. But anyway, <laughs> those two people are gone. <laughs> <laughs> But Nancy and I, I want to get back to, you know, Nancy Kassebaum was always the most popular politician in Kansas. And I was 30 or 40 points behind. But 
You always exaggerate. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. And it should have been true because Nancy had a way about her. Uh, she was certainly willing to engage people. And if you're going to be good in anything, you have to learn to listen. Mm -hmm. You know, people have problems, and you have some politician going through town, high school, and you haven't learned anything yourself. You've shown up. So we had town meetings where people could come to town meetings, and we would speak, and then we'd take questions, and people say, Bob, I've got a little problem. I said, good, I'll give it to Nancy as soon as I get back. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know, I think, uh, I think it's improving a little bit. But and you know, let me ask you, Bob, in our day there, we, didn't, we hadn't set up an email system yet even. I knew that was time for me to leave when they said they were going to email all the senators together. You don't have one yet. I don't have one yet. That's true. <laughs> but think of everybody that tweets today. That's how people get hear things. And it just goes out instantly. That's how Donald Trump got where he is. He tweets everybody. That's why I started tweeting at 92. <laughs> In fact, there's well, going to be a tweet today about me and you. <laughs> Is that right? Who's going to tweet that? Are you? Uh, well, well, we'll do it for sure out of the Dole Institute at the University of Kansas. You better believe it. So, so we'll get you anyway. covered. Um, during the 88-96 campaigns, uh, I remember uh, being in Senator Dole's office a lot, and I would always run into Senator Kassebaum, and I always enjoyed that because some of your colleagues uh, were not always agreeable to staff of presidential campaign, but Senator Kassebaum was always a delight. But you guys worked together very closely. I'm curious if you could talk about some of the things you worked together on. Well, I'll give you one example. Uh, the uh, Americans for Disability Act, because this is the anniver 50th anniversary year. Yep. Is it that long? Gosh. But you know, <laughs> that was very controversial. It, it went through Finance Committee, it went through the committee I was on, and several different committees had jurisdiction for different parts of that bill. But Bob was majority leader. And I would have to say today, I saw him call people into the office, all the chairmen, all the members of that committee that were intricately involved in that legislation, and I don't think it would be in existence as it is today if it had not been for Bob as majority leader. He, would, he called us all together, people would argue up or down. You tell a story, and I don't know if it was on this issue, of someone who was giving a bad time to everybody, and didn't you tell them to get up and leave, or else? No, no. There's a guy, my Republican, and we had a conference, and I was trying to get votes. You know, you can't win yeah. unless you have votes, and he was very contrary. He was, he thought I was a big liberal or something, and. Uh, 
So I said, do you want to be the leader? If you do, let's have a vote right now. You come up and we'll have the conference vote. And he sat down and I didn't hear much from him afterwards. <laughs> but, but that's an example, I think, uh, of uh, one issue. I know that there was a lot of controversy, not controversy, but people were concerned about one aspect or another of that bill. And it took that kind of leadership as majority leader and his dedication to it to, to make it work. And that's uh, one that I worked with Ted Kennedy. Well, with. that's true. And, and then, uh, if you want to work with Kennedy, you better be prepared. He had, he always had an excellent staff. He was and very my view good. is you're never better than your staff. Mm -hmm. And that's true at KU or anywhere else. If you have a good staff, you know, you're going to get the credit, but they're going to do a lot of the work. On the Martin Luther King holiday bill, Senator Thurman was chairman of the committee. And I remember we took the bill up, and he said, Bob, would you watch this for me for a while? And Ted Kennedy was on his side. And I didn't see Thurman for three days. <laughs> <laughs> so Ted and I worked out the Martin Luther King holiday bill, something Republicans don't get much credit for. Uh, but That's voting right. rights, you know, Nancy and I had I think perfect civil rights records. Yeah. I, I, I don't understand people that don't see each of us as Americans, uh, regardless of our ethnicity or background or color or whatever. And uh, I don't know, it was, a, it was really a great experience and it wouldn't have happened without a lot of people in this room, the same with Nancy. Mm -hmm. You supported us, and if you didn't, why, it's okay. But, <laughs> you know, you can't win unless you have people in every county, and Douglas County is a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> Working for you. And the both people who voted for me in Douglas County are still alive. <laughs> we have protection for them. <laughs> they're all here today, so this, this is this no, is the these group. These are all our friends. I know we don't have any, but uh, I'm trying to convert the chancellor. But you know, I'll get to keep working on it. <laughs> Senator Kassebaum, would you uh, take a moment to describe? one or two pieces of legislation that you were especially proud of being involved in? Well, I think one was uh, working almost all of my 18 years there uh, on trying to get some uh, protection, uh, liability protection for commercial uh, aviation. It was killing a smaller Piper, went out of business at the time, and certainly being from Kansas Beach and Cessna uh, were really struggling. And it's, uh, you know, that's a potent lobby uh, of lawyers who uh, really had trouble wanting to limit in any way liability. 
but it was a question of, of I think at times we get carried away and you almost feel that people could sue with if they if sue the hat that was in the road in their way. I mean, the most trivial things in, in the aviation industry, commercial aviation industry at that time, was, um, was really under. So worked and worked and worked. And this was in the uh, Commerce Committee at the time, and I was on the committee. You, you had to be connected with the aviation industry and the Commerce Committee and went on there when I was first elected. Uh, and uh, it was a real pleasure to finally see, working across the aisle with a lot of people, finally getting that legislation passed. And it did provide give and take, but some ability to help uh, the industry feel uh, there was a way that it could be better addressed. And that was one. Um, Oh, you know, you do. I, I worked a lot on health care issues. Uh, some, uh, one of them was Hillary Clinton's first health care bill. Uh, you worked with her? Well, I didn't work with her. She, that's when she was first lady. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. Remember? And she had a big health care bill, uh, similar somewhat to the Affordable Care Act. But we had two full weeks of hearings. I learned more about healthcare through those hearings. And that's, again, an example of what's missing today. Those were all on CNN, a lot of give and take about what was involved. I, I remember meeting with her once, one-on-one uh, -on -one with staff, um, at, uh, at, uh, at her office over at the White House. Uh, she didn't see any need to address my concerns, but uh, she had, there were a lot of difficulties in that bill. And I think the thing that was good from that was maybe a better understanding of what the problems were, the difficulties of trying to address them in such a major way. So it never got out of our committee. Right, Bob, you didn't have to deal with it on the floor. <laughs> no, that's lucky. But um, I think things like that. Uh, I guess one thing I have to say, because I chaired the African subcommittee for many years, and I was really, I, it breaks my heart to see some of the advances there that were made that seemed to not hold up. And so just to say one thing that I was pleased with working with sanctions, which on the whole I'm, I'm not a strong supporter of sanctions, but sanctions against South Africa to try and bring an end to apartheid and worked with the House. And I know President Reagan had a problem with that, and I have to say, Bob, I'm sure you would have been with us, but that's an example where as leader you had no choice but to represent the president's point of view on that issue. Uh, but we did override President Reagan's veto. And I, it was not that onerous a sanction bill, but I think it symbolized we cared about Africa. Mm -hmm. And uh, so things like that, okay. they come up. Well, both of you, Senator Dole, you attended KU uh, before the war, and Senator Kassebaum, you had graduated from KU. Uh, share some of your memories about KU with Me? us. Both of you. Yes, sir. You can start. Well, it varied my transcript. 
<laughs> Never to be open while I'm alive. <laughs> you know, when I was here, war broke out. And everybody was volunteering for the Navy, Air Force, Army, whatever. And so, you know, they're all our friends, so we had to have a farewell party. And we had farewell parties almost every night. <laughs> <laughs> so we didn't really feel like going to class the next morning. So I didn't, I didn't do too well in logic and things like that. Still couldn't do too well, but anyway. You missed having to take Western Civ. Yeah. <laughs> How many here remember Western Civ? <laughs> Nancy forgot to mention she did a lot of work in rural health care and mental health care. And you know, you, you could, as I said yesterday at a meeting, you could fill the room with things that Nancy's been involved in. Should I bring up arms control? Well, I'm not sure Some things we one. don't bring up, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you ask what I was glad I worked on. Well, <laughs> I did. Don't mess with that amendment. <laughs> That's right. No, we don't want. But anyway, you know it. You know we can look back on it now and hope that we did things that were helpful to people. And of course, I came from the farm part of Kansas, and farmers were wonderful. I don't care which party; they were wonderful right. people. And in 1974, I had a very close race. And the day before the election, I got in an airplane and went all over western Kansas. And when the votes came in, it was western Kansas who carried the day for me by 14,000 points and 14,000 votes. And my opponent, as some of you may remember, was Bill Roy. And a, abortion became a big issue in that campaign, not because we wanted it, but it was the first state that became an issue and the, all the press came out here, the New York Times and all those TV people. And, you know, we had some, well, strange people on each side of that issue. Some of my supporters were carrying fetuses around in jars. It make you sick almost. So that bothered me for several years. And about three years ago, I called Bill Roy. I said, Bill, this is Bob Dole. And I, I've been wanting to call you, but I just haven't had the courage because I want to ask you, is there anything I did in our campaign that I did personally that was offensive to you? And he thought for a minute and he said, I can't think of a thing. You know, I don't want any enemies. And I'm 93, so I'm going to be around another 10, 20 years. <laughs> and Nancy's only a child, <laughs> so she'd be around 30 years. And your dad lived to be 100, right? Yeah, he did. And we, is Merle Robinson in here? 
Where's Marl? Right here. See, Bob over to here is right. standing up to the right. Well, he just celebrated his 100th birthday. <laughs> and he, work, he still works every day raising Angus cattle. And I called him on his birthday, I think, well, he probably can't hear or see or whatever. And he sounded like he's about 45, 50. <laughs> and told me what he did every day. And I said, well, you're an inspiration. And he is. And here he is today. Is your daughter with you or? Yes. yes. Yes, she's she there, there with her with his daughter, and I want her to recognize him because you know there's we're living longer. There's more technology, improvements in healthcare. But he told me he was in great health, so we probably haven't seen a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Senator Kassebaum, you want to share some of your uh, KU experiences, what you remember about KU? <laughs> well, Dean Smith and I were back here, oh gosh, I don't know how long back that was, about six years ago, eight years ago? Oh, it was longer ago than that. Oh, yeah. Well, anyway, Dean was a year ahead of me, both in high school and at KU, and we were here to help raise money for the Bob Nash Center here, and we were asked to reminisce well, both of us were trying to think, you know, what would do we really want to read? Where the dynamite, you know, and uh, most of the places I knew are no Keep longer. Me. Yes, yeah, that's right. Um, I, I would say, though, that one thing I was glad, uh, Martha Peterson was here as uh, Dean of Women, and a new... Uh, Goal was put in place to and the, the two. There were two women's dorms at that time, Corbin and North College. And uh, uh, the new uh, suggestion was that freshman girls lived for a year in the dorm before they could pledge in a sorority. And I thought that was a good idea. Uh, and so I volunteered to be a counselor. So my junior and part of my senior year, I was a counselor. And I decided those girls probably knew more than I did. It was very hard for me to, I had no authority to say, no, you can't hide that bottle under your bed. <laughs> so I don't know how good a counselor I was, but um, I, that's one thing that I enjoyed a lot doing. And I, the senior year, I went back to the sorority so I could graduate with some of my friends, but most of them were getting married before they graduated. So it was a, a different time, but I, I really enjoyed that experience that I had then. It was fun to reminisce, because I think you erase some of the things you don't want to remember, as you say, burying your transcript. I do remember Western Civ, because I did well. Uh, but I quizzed out of math, and I didn't have to take it in those days, thank goodness, or I would have had to bury my transcript. Well, you, Nancy made all A's here. No, I didn't. Oh, did you get one B? Well, I, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, this was before World War II, and 
once I came back from World War II, I knew if I couldn't use my hands, I had to use my head. And so I decided to go to law school in Washburn. I'd been there for undergraduate. I went to Washburn Law School, made all A's and one B, because I learned I grew up in the Army and understood you're not handed anything, you've got to work for it, just like everybody in this audience does every day. And you make a contribution every day, you help somebody, maybe you make a phone call to some relative you haven't talked with or somebody who's in the hospital. Little things really are important. You know, I, got, I have to tell a story about President Reagan. My wife Elizabeth, who was also a senator from North Carolina for one term, but anyway, she and Ronald Reagan, she was, I think at the time, Secretary of Transportation. And they just happened to be alone in the Oval Office and Elizabeth said, Mr. President, how do you get all this done? How do you handle all the stress? And he said, well, there's someone up there helping me every day. So he was a man of faith. And he understood that if God has a plan for us, as he does, and he believed it, practice it. So, you know, I listen to Joel Osteen and he's always very positive about what we can do and not to worry about things that happen, whether it's relationship or financial or health. But somebody's, and my favorite song is I'll Never Walk Alone. Mm -hmm. I think it's a spiritual song because I know someone is walking with me. And, you know, I wish he'd fix my knee, but. <laughs> both, both of you have. Uh, reference today, how things were when you were in the Senate and, and how you enjoyed having friends and working across the aisle. Why do you think things have gotten so polarized and so difficult in Congress today? Do you want to go first? <laughs> I yield to my leader. <laughs> Equal time. Well, I think it, it's getting a little better, and I watch the Congress pretty closely, uh, hoping someday I might get a client, and you know, <laughs> they might not want to know about Congress. But uh, let me say, in, as I said earlier, in the Senate this year, and this has been several months ago, they had already passed 40 bipartisan pieces of legislation, which indicated to me that, you know, it was starting to turn, and the leaders were working together, and 
press always says the Congress isn't doing anything, so, the, you know, we don't know if we listen to TV and radio, well, maybe they're right. Maybe all politicians are stupid. I never met but one or two. <laughs> and they were borderline. I mean, I don't want to. <laughs> but, you know, people I worked with and people Nancy worked with, just good people. They were men and women that were elected to serve the people, not serve themselves or have their own agenda, but to come to Washington because they were elected as a representative. And that means you want to represent the people. And I think Nancy and I learned that along the way. Uh, my parents weren't, didn't have much money, but they were great parents, and they taught us hard work and discipline. And it means a lot. I mean, parenting is the key. And I know in this audience, they're all good parents. And I worry about young people and what it's going to be like in 10 years. As bad as it is now, what is it, New Hampshire, Nancy Heroin is responsible for hundreds of deaths of young people. New Hampshire, small state. So we need some leadership to get more young people interested in public service. Doesn't have to be in federal service, but public service and other things and hanging out. They're now bringing Colorado pot into western Kansas. And I don't think that's a good idea. I could be wrong, I've been wrong many times but I always blamed it on Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, I guess I, I would just add, I, I, I think it's important to always think positive about uh, the events. But it seems to me we're really significantly in major changes that are taking place around the world, as well as here. And we are so much more interconnected today so every evening on the news, uh, you hear some new place about something. And what I, I feel strongly that it's so important today to know history, to understand what happens and the unintended consequences of actions we might take in decisions. And I think here at home, trying to understand the unrest that has boiled up in the campaign for Donald Trump or for Bernie Sanders, where there was a great deal of support from the youth that feel they're not getting the attention. Somewhere we all, I think, have major responsibilities in our communities or how we talk about these issues so we can work through some of what will be needed ahead. And a lot of it does start right in our communities, whether you're willing to serve on the school board, which is probably more difficult than being a senator, or communities, uh, your county commission, your state legislatures, that's where it needs to start and begin. 
And I have to say, I really, really am terribly disappointed in my own Republican Party with the leadership that Donald Trump has given it. I do not like the language he's given it. I'm sorry, Bob. I remark. I respect you as a former nominee, feeling you lend support to that party, but, well, that's my party too, not that party. But I, I can't help but say it doesn't help us to come together in a thoughtful way of respect, of understanding what government's really all about. I have a hard time when I hear him speak in thinking of him giving a State of the Union speech or addressing as Commander-in-Chief. And we have so many really major changes occurring, not only with our, in our own country and businesses and industry, but you can't just say, we're gonna build a wall and keep everybody out, or I'm gonna hire 25 million people when I'm elected. Well, let's talk about what's changed and what is happening, and not shout and call somebody by name. And it's, it's, it's escalating on both sides now, and I, I feel it doesn't serve the country well. Sorry, that's my speech for today. Yeah, well. I, I shouldn't get into it, but to me, I, I'm really more sad than mad. I, I really I think feel bad. Nancy's undecided on the president. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't, you know, I talk with the Trump people, and I've talked to Donald. I've told him to tone down his rhetoric to start talking, instead of insulting everybody once a week, to start talking about policy. People want to know what you're going to do. But if you listen to all these debates, they never mention Congress. They're not going to do anything unless they get it through Congress or do it by executive order, which is, I don't think it's going to happen. Well, but he might feel he can. Pardon? Yeah. He might decide that's the way to do it. Well, I don't know about Donald. He... Well, you talk to him. Do you think he'll listen? <laughs> well, I'm I counting to on like... you to, <laughs> you, have my, you have my ticket to try and talk to him. Tell I talked to him, and I figure I'm old enough to be his father. <laughs> And uh, tell him that, you know, I had lost in 96, but I don't remember. I always thought Bill Clinton was my opponent, not my enemy. Mm -hmm. That's and, a big difference. You know, yeah. you've got to approach it that way. You can't, I don't know, it's gotten all out of whack. That's right. And yeah. uh, so a lot of people are going to stay home election day which I don't think contributes much, but... Uh, I, I agree. Mm -hmm. But I'm, you know, I've been a Republican all my life, and the party's been good to me, and people in Kansas have given me many opportunities, and so I went to the convention in Cleveland, and I didn't know Mrs. Trump was going to introduce me, but... Uh, well, she, I'm glad she did, and she, you should have been introduced. You were there representing the veterans, too. That's right. And that was very important at that convention. Yeah, yeah I've plus there were a lot of Kansans there, and I got to meet them all. And, you know, I'm not running for anything unless something pops up. And, 
<laughs> I think I need to reassert control up here. <laughs> we, have, we have quite a few members of our student uh, advisory board here. I want all of them to stand right now and be recognized. There you go. Oh. Excellent. <laughs> And Bill, could I just say a word there? Uh, what I wanted to do, uh, you can, yes, sir. You can. Well, I have 20 members in my family. I've lost my sisters and brother, but their children and you know, others are 20 here, and they came from Colorado and Oklahoma and all over the state of Kansas. And I wonder if they'd all stand. They're all in there somewhere. Oh. <laughs> We're right up front. <laughs> now they're an example of hardworking, middle-class Americans. Never been in trouble. I'm very proud of every one of them. And you know, it's sometimes it's tough get a job and to make enough money for your family. But they've never given up and they've persevered. And I wanted to be sure we had a crowd, so I invited him. <laughs> okay, and I'm gonna do the same thing. Senator Kassebaum has some family here, so I'm gonna ask them to stand Well, up it's not that you. big. Nope. There are a few of you, please stand up. One's a student here, though. Yes. Yeah, right here. <laughs> Two daughters or granddaughters attending KU. Yeah. And probably making all A's. I don't know. Well, what, both senators, what would you tell the students who are here today about the importance of being involved in public service? Well, no, I think we both would share the same sentiment. Absolutely important. Everybody can. And it can be fun to volunteer. It's a way to meet a lot of people if you go door to door. I still have done it every now and then. And I remember not too long ago going to the door and they said, well, what are you doing here? <laughs> I think they were afraid maybe I was doing it for me. Uh, and I, uh, but I, it is terribly important in one way or another I think just the students who are helping here uh, those who uh, I had a daughter who graduated from co uh, college and went to Nicaragua as a coach for a soccer team in a small Nicaragua town for young women believing that's a good way through that to do well and learn how in education and it was an NGO group and volunteer but it was something that she gained a lot from in the year after she graduated from college. She has not continued on in either soccer or education at this point, but still looking for a, a job. So, <laughs> but I think for everybody, it's important to be a participant uh, in one way or another. And there's always something, always something one can do. Maybe it's just reading to children at the at the library. Or reading your emails. 
Well, Nancy and I talk on the phone a lot. Yeah. And we talk about everything, politics, but we, you know, just. See how become. our friends who are in our age group are getting along. Yeah, well, some are getting along. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I do a lot of work for veterans and animals and disabled volunteer work. Mm -hmm. And every Saturday I go to the World War II Memorial. I've been doing it for five years because that's the day that they fly these old guys. Well, they're not really old, only 90. <laughs> <laughs> but they have what they call honor flight. Many of you know about it. And hopefully your grandfather or dad, if he's eligible, it doesn't cost them a dime. There's a nurse on board. It's a very emotional flight for these men and women. When they walk into that memorial and think about, you know, what they did as a young man and what they did in the service, there are a lot of Kleenex used. And it's not because they're sad, they're just emotional. Mm -hmm. And I met a guy who was 101 years old. He had his World War II uniform on. And he was walking around like he's about 50. <laughs> and I said, could I ask you your age? He said, well, I'm 101. And I said, well, how come you're doing all these things so well? He said, I don't know. I just take care of myself and drink a Cosmo now and then. <laughs> <laughs> But he's an inspiration, you know, that's... That's true. A lot of people who are inspirations, they're mm. not... There are probably a hundred people in this room or more, except for Lacey. And then the rest <laughs> are inspirational. Bar where's Barbara? She's out here somewhere. She was in the back. She's in the very back. No. Barbara Bellin. Mm -hmm. But anyway, Nancy and I love Kansas and we love to work with the people sometimes we just can't agree or can't help them that our policy was is when you got a letter from somebody in Kansas who had a social security or whatever problem you sent them a letter immediately saying I'm, we're going to work on the problem it may take a while so just want to let you know that we received your letter and it's kind of, and that means a lot. I mean, that's like a walking billboard when they tell their neighbors and their friends that Nancy Cassebaum does them. these things, and that she does. And so we don't have any secrets on what to do. Maybe it's just because we're such from a such great state where the people are friendly. In, in all my political career, I've only had three people who refused to shake hands with me. And I've been around all over every state. Uh, and I remember in Colby, Kansas, we had a farm bill controversy. And they had a town meeting and a lot of people showed up. 
And right on the front row were four farmers, tough-looking guys, and they all had little caps on. And the cap said, Dump Dole. <laughs> <laughs> so I put them down, I was undecided. <laughs> So you can't be discouraged <laughs> if everybody if everybody agreed with you. Kind of a dull life. That's true. We need to hear the other side, and and, and th this is really a, the stateswoman right here, and she's so shy she won't. Oh, I'm not shy. Ah. Yeah. No, that's true. I have, uh, I have one final question, then we're going to have a few minutes for a few questions from the audience. But Senator Dole, you started to talk a little bit about Senator Kassebaum, but this is going to be my last question. Tell us how she was thought of in the United States, oh. her leadership. Well, you know he's not going to be critical. <laughs> you might be and surprised. There, well, I might be surprised. Then he would not be telling the truth. Because we all had some criticism one way or another. I don't remember you getting it. Well, that's, well, that's right. I, I got a lot. Kept it secret. <laughs> no, I... Well, Nancy was liked by everyone. That didn't mean there weren't disagreements and people disagreed with her from time to time. But as a person, which is very important, she had the respect. I don't think you had any enemies, did you? Well, I'm not keeping it a secret. Yeah. It's like your transcript. I'm not going to tell. Yeah, well, no, she didn't have any. And the only senator I could never really get close to, I don't mean this in any other, was a lady from, named Barbara Boxer from California. California. She was on the other side of the aisle. I know, but I, I've had a lot of friends on the other it's side. And I'd say, hello, Barbara, and she'd just walk right on by, and I'd try to be friendly, and I, I don't think she liked me. <laughs> <laughs> but she's leaving the Senate yeah, this year. <laughs> but it'll be another Democrat from California. Well, you never know. But th this is a... Probably the most popular senator we had when I was there Bob. in both parties. Bob. So well, that's very nice. <laughs> nice of you to say. No, it's true. <laughs> Old men don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, Senator Kassabama, I think the last time that you were here, you were here with Senator Baker. Mm -hmm. And he received the Dole Leadership Prize. And I think most everyone here knows that we give out the Dole Leadership Prize once every year. President Clinton has received it. President Bush 41 received it. Um, HHS Secretary Donna Shalala received it. The mm -hmm. Women's Air Force Service pilots have received it. Wounded mm -hmm. Warriors Foundation received mm -hmm. it. And this is a little bit of a surprise, but the recipient of the 2016 Dole Leadership Award is Senator Nancy Kassebaum. <laughs> Hey. <laughs> Did you know that? Yeah, no, I know, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I can stand up. Let me turn it around. Oh, oh my goodness. Thank you.
very much. It is a real honor. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Leslie. I think there's something else, isn't there? Well, that's enough, isn't it? <laughs> what else did you want on there? It says Robert J. Dole. <laughs> My eyes are shot. And I mine's down at the bottom. I'm right there. Dole I, I Leadership Prize. I can only see the first row, so all the other. <laughs> well, it's a great honor, and I'm I'm really touched. Thank you very well, much. Well, you just, we all you reach a certain age. It. We all reach a certain age when everything does look better, right? And <laughs> we all remember the best things. Thank you. Yes, you're very welcome. Well, we're going to take a few questions and answers. I don't have a lot of time, but I'm going to try to work as many as I can and hold up your. Um, hand and one of our students with a microphone will find you. Please make one question, very brief question. Thank you. I, uh, Senator Dolan, Senator Kasbaum, I wonder if you could uh, talk a little bit about foreign relations today and uh, what a challenge that is to the United States and what you think should be, uh, the United States should be doing in the area of foreign relations, uh, especially with the threat of ISIS and things like that. Did you hear that? I didn't hear it. Well, I'm like Reagan. I don't what? <laughs> the question, the question yeah. was uh, to get your That's opinion on question. foreign relations, specifically uh, ISIS. ISIS. ISIS, ISIS. Well, that's a... Well, if you were Donald Trump, there wouldn't be any doubt he's going to take care of it the minute he gets his hand on the, on the throttle. Uh, we're making some advances, and we're working with a coalition. I think that, again, this is where the unintended consequences need to be thought through. Syria right now is so divided, so divided, and it's, it's, there are divisions within the division. There is uh, Assad, and then there are the freedom fighters, and part of the freedom fighters are Al-Qaeda and you have just multiple problems that are trying to resolve. So it isn't easy saying we're just going to... We better be careful sending in troops. I, I tend to believe that. I believe it was General Powell said, if you go in, you'll own it. And we can't alone solve Syria or Iraq or Afghanistan. And I think trying to... I think it's the Arab, my own view is it's sort of the Arab world against the Persian world in the going back through centuries. We need to be there. We need to provide the leadership, and perhaps we've not been as strong in expressing that. But, Bob, that's sort of my view. And it's not much help, but I do think it's a major issue for us. I, I, I think all of us would be wish it could be resolved easily, but probably not. Now, repeat the question, Bill. The question was to get your thoughts on foreign affairs, how important it is to us today, and especially uh, with oh. our problems in the Middle East. With ISIS. ISIS. No. Well, my view is foreign affairs next to jobs and the economy are the most important. And, you know, we got trouble all over the world. And we can't be the world's policemen 
but we have to protect our interests. We can't be anti-Muslim. We can't say we're going to deport 11 million people back to wherever they came from. It's not going to happen. Congress would not approve it, and nor would they approve the money. Now those are, I disagree with my hero, Trump. <laughs> Plus on a few other issues. But uh, when I compare it to X, you know, I think once Trump, one thing Trump could do is work with Congress, because that's all he's done all his life is negotiate and work with people. And that's important. I've never criticized Obama or my buddy Joe Biden. I figure there are plenty of people out to criticize them. I think Obama is a very fine man, and uh, he's done what he thinks he should do as president. But I, I think the, if I could have given him some advice, which might not have been worth anything, he never really got to know the Congress. I doubt if he knows 30 House members. Or he can say, hi, Bill, or hi, Joe, whatever. Even senators, yeah. And I don't know how many, he may know all the Democratic senators, but I don't think so. And so how are you going to get things done, that's where we started, if you don't have people that trust you and are friends and will listen? Now, when Eisenhower or Reagan were president, and probably others on the other party, FDR, for example, but when Ike was president, he was so popular, if Congress, you know, didn't vote what he proposed, he would make a radio address, and the letters would come piling up from people saying, why aren't you voted with Eisenhower? And he's ju just that popular. And he's my hero. And we're trying to build a memorial of this great American after 71 years. And there's not a single memorial in the nation's capital for Eisenhower who kept us free and destroyed Hitler and Europe. I said earlier, and ended the war in Korea and was a good bipartisan president. So we need a strong leadership. And I'd, boots on the ground, who wants anybody to be shot or killed? No one. But if we find that, that a lot of this lone wolf stuff is taking place, or if People coming in with some of the refugees are terrorists. Uh, then we've got a problem. And they say, and I don't know, the FBI is investigating cases in every state, which I assume Kansas, somebody out here is taking a look at universities and Wichita, Topeka. Johnson County, wherever, 
where people gather and you get big crowds. So foreign policy, you know, we, we've got to get back to the point where the people respect the United States. And I don't mean we have to take the lead in everything, but we've got to be able to get our allies off, well, get our allies to come to the party, whether it's the UN where we pay, I think, 82% or something like that. You know, we don't have that much money. We're $20 trillion in debt. And some of you have young children who are going to get, somebody's essentially going to get stuck. So, you know, they're saying buy silver, all, all this stuff. I don't understand it all, but Nancy is right, and she, you were on foreign relations. Mm -hmm. Well, she knows everything. No, I don't. <laughs> I, I would just add, though, regarding Syria particularly, I am sure President Obama must regret he ever drew a red line. Let that be a lesson to all of us that you've got to think twice because we should have realized they have violated that and used chemical weapons. On the other hand, without others going in with us, we can't go in and take over Syria and run Syria. That is definite. And I think it's the strength of diplomacy backed by the strength of our convictions that can help. Uh, and the UN, I would agree. UN is trying to get food through to Aleppo and it's being held up. Now somebody ought to stand up and say this is going through. Now who will it be? Yeah, well it should be the UN. I don't want to filibuster, but George McGovern and I are both losers. Because <laughs> of the food. But we became great friends to try to help feed starving young people in Africa, and Nancy is helping too. You, you and Women were kind of delegated, young girls, second-class citizens, and they didn't get to attend school. But once we started, I think we were feeding about 20 million, and there are millions more that don't have anything to eat. And it's just, you know, it's sad. Now, we can't do everything in the world and I believe we always do our share or more. And some of these countries' pledge are going to do this and that, and nothing <coughs> ever happens. But uh, foreign policy is a big issue. It'll be discussed, I think, extensively in the first debate. When was that, 26? Soon. And I don't think Trump's going to insult anybody that night. We Unless it's me, he might insult me because <laughs> I've been telling him to grow up. We are going to take. I only have time for one last question. So if somebody has one, can somebody? Can oh, we got one back here. Okay, very good. Uh, Senator Dole, um, I'd like to ask you if you could recall how you felt or what you felt when President Ford called you to be his vice presidential running mate. 
Well, John Conley was in a room right down from me and Elizabeth, and all the press was hanging around his room because the word was Conley was going to be the VP choice. I got a call early that morning from Bob Clark, who was, was with ABC. And he said, and we were friends, he said, Bob, you're going to be asked by President Ford to be his running mate. And I said, gee, Mitt, a bit surprising. I mean, I was available, you know. <laughs> and pretty soon the phone rang. And there was President Ford. He said, would you mind coming over to my hotel? I'd like to talk with you about being my running mate. And I think he said, we don't need a comedian. <laughs> and I thought to myself that the best thing could happen to Congress. <laughs> but anyway, I went over to see President Ford. We had a great visit, and we'd been great friends. And three Kansans made him the Republican leader in the House. And so he felt kindly towards Kansas. That was a very close election, 11,000 votes. Mm. Mm. 2,000 in Hawaii and eight in, in southern Ohio. And, you know, you, if you want to be a nice guy and want someone to be your neighbor, you would want Jerry Ford. Mm. Mm. He had no agenda. He <laughs> wasn't one of the elitists. You know, he didn't have a lot of money and again he was one of those people liked by everybody in Congress. Democrats when they were going to nominate him Carl Albert the Democratic leader said we will only approve Representative Ford hmm. Democrats. So that was pretty hmm. good yeah. bipartisanship mm -hmm. and anyway we Nancy knows New President Ford as well as I did, and he's been to Can. He was came mm -hmm. to Kansas. Mm -hmm. and anyway, I want to. I know we're finished, except you know we talk so much in the Senate. It's hard to stop when we get a chance. <laughs> <laughs> We don't get many chances anymore. <laughs> so, but I want to thank you again for all your help and support over the years. And if you were against me, that's fine. Because I've learned when you get out of politics, your numbers go up. <laughs> People say, well, he wasn't such a bad guy after all. <laughs> so, in Nancy's case, nobody opposed her, so yeah. no, they just said, oh, Senator Kassebaum, she's popular. And this other guy named Dole, he's just hanging around. <laughs> so thanks again. And Bill, thank you. You're very welcome, sir. Congratulations, Nancy. Well, I thank you. It's been a real honor and, and wonderful to see some friends here that uh, haven't for a while. And 
I thank you, Bob. This is an honor I will put right up there by the window so I can go out and look at the cattle and look at this honor. <laughs> <laughs>